Welcome back to The Uncomfortable Truth. Today I'm talking about UFOs, unidentified flying objects, not to be confused with my garden where I have UGOs, unidentified growing objects. No, these are UFOs. And they're all the rage once again. We first started seeing them after World War II, around 1946, 47, when people, I believe, had too much time on their hands after the war, and people looked up and saw all kinds of things. And now, over the last few years, interest has been revived. There are reports that the government has a small agency looking into this, and there are reports of pilots, jet fighter pilots, veteran pilots, seeing lights moving at speeds that are hypersonic, making turns that defy the law of physics, yada, yada, yada. Now, I believe if there were UFOs somewhere around the Earth, they wouldn't be toying with us. Would they be playing some game of hide-and-seek, looking to tease some military aircraft? I mean, what if we got off a lucky shot? No, I believe they'd land on the White House lawn, and they'd demand some evidence of intelligence. They'd probably come out with some form of IQ and say, prove that you can run this place. Now, I do believe that there's life in the universe in some form. That's my personal belief, but I don't think we're seeing them circling the Earth. I mean, to think we're the only life in some mechanistic clockwork universe is absolutely absurd and extreme hubris. We're not alone. Now, that life may not be as advanced as we are, if you want to call us advanced, or that life might consider us equal to, say, I don't know, an amoeba. But our tendency is to romanticize and fantasize and cultify let me give you an example. For a long, long time, people talked about the Loch Ness Monster. It's supposed to be some kind of sea serpent. People speculated it could be a plesiosaur or an ichthyosaur left over from, I don't know when, the Pleistocene age, prehistoric times. Yet no one's ever seen the damn thing. There was a famous picture of it, the most famous picture ever, which purported to show its neck and head above the water. Yet, the person who took the picture on his deathbed, revealed the plastic toy and the camera he, is, he had used and how he set them up to get the fake shot. He admitted it all in his deathbed. I guess he wanted to go to heaven and not to the bottom of Loch Ness. I called at that time a guy who was the president of the Loch Ness Monster Special Interest Group. In where else? You guessed it, in Mensa. Top 2% of the population they purport to be. I can say that I'm in it, not sour grapes, and I don't believe it. In any case, I said, are you going to disband now since they proved the photo was a fake? There is no monster. No one's ever seen it. They've even sent submersible vehicles down there. Nothing. Well, he cursed me out. He cursed out my ancestry and my present and my future. He told me I was out of my mind. The problem is people like this guy create cults. They create a mythology, and they want to live in that mythology. They want to be mired in that mythology. It's their secret little club, their secret handshake, the Dakota Ring. People claim to have seen Sasquatch. You know, I've seen this whole movie of Sasquatch who, does, who looks worse than a guy in a gorilla suit. No animal is groomed that poorly. On the other hand, as the economists will say, there is something called a celecanth. The celecanth was a fish believed to be extinct 160 million years or more ago. We're talking major time. 
However, somewhere around, I don't know, 1938 or so, some fishermen off the Comoros Islands, off, off the coast of Africa, pulled up a strange fish they didn't recognize, and they were smart enough to bring it to land, find a local expert who took it to another expert and up the chain, preserving this thing, and sure enough, it was a coelacanth. 160 million years after they thought it was extinct, however, no one had bothered to tell the coelacanths. And when they investigated further, they found out, sure enough, coelacanths live in very deep cold water off that coast. They don't know if they're endangered. They don't know how many there are. They can't really tell. They don't come up to the surface. This was a vast exception. But they do know the fish is absolutely unchanged over all these millions of years. It, this living fish, the, well, the fish they caught, exactly resembles the fossil that they have from that time. So, the coelacanth lives. Why can't Sasquatch? Well, catch Sasquatch, and then I'll admit to it. You know, UFOs are capitalistic and commercial. There are conventions about UFOs. There are souvenirs. There are mementos. There's entertainment, movies, and all kinds of things. And people enjoy the club. They're big business. But they're also for those who desperately need to belong to something and believe in conspiracies and the government hiding things. The conspiracists. They want to believe that we're hiding aliens at some hangar out in Nevada. The government can't keep a secret about anything. The Russians traditionally have stolen our secrets, so have the Israelis for that matter. I doubt that we could keep a secret about some alien life form we've captured and are keeping here on Earth, dead or alive. So to an extent, there's a great deal of paranoia involved in UFO sightings. Top secret aircraft alien visitors, a small group of people who are really in the know, eyes only. A close encounter of the second kind to go into Steven Spielberg territory is an artifact. The first kind is a sighting, the second is an artifact, the third is meeting them, hence close encounters of the third kind. But even the second kind, we've never turned up. You know, we have all kinds of dinosaur bones and fossils, we have ancient temples. We have Stonehenge that we can just look at, or Easter Island. But we've never found any kind of alien artifact. I mean, would an alien waste precious time and resources, for example, coming to Earth and making crop cycles, or crop circles, or crop geometric designs? Can you see this guy when he returned home? Uh, report back, Zycon 457. What did you do on Earth to interact? Well, sir, I drew geometric shapes among their food sources. It was highly pleasurable. Now, I do happen to believe that there are members of Congress who are space cadets and that people who simply rev their motorcycle engines should have their heads covered in tinfoil and that you might need an extraterrestrial explanation to explain, say, kale or people who put mayonnaise on pastrami. But boil it all away. If there is life out there, or if there is not life out there, or if you just don't know if there's life out there, all three answers are mind-boggling. We're alone in the universe, we're not alone and we've not yet met who else is here, or it's an eternal mystery. There was a science fiction movie once about aliens who came to Earth and interacted with us, and they cured disease and they solved poverty, and they made us all get along, and we were all ecstatic. 
And they were doing this because they had a book that they written called How to Serve Man. And they finally agreed to take some people from Earth back to their home planet in an exchange kind of situation. People were absolutely ecstatic. And they were boarding the spaceship on sort of a jetway when somebody came running in from the distance shouting, don't go, don't go. The book How to Serve Man is a cookbook. And that's the uncomfortable truth. <laughs> 